We're going to win so much. We're going to win at every level. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. Because uh, Jess and I can like most of the same music, just being my girlfriend. So it's... Um, uh, gotcha. Uh, guys, I have a girlfriend. Well, so. for people who don't know... I have a girlfriend. She's real, I promise. She's from Magical Land. I've never seen her. Yeah, well, I've never seen you. Well, and she lives in the, the country whose existence is most in question. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you have a big mood? Yeah, you never heard about big moods? Hey, girl, I got a big mood. I listen to Life of Pablo. It's all right. I have yeah. a few songs on my playlist to work out to. But um, but why is it why is it that we like hair metal so much? Well, you like hair metal so much. No, we all we all like it. Johnny Depp so, should be fired into the sun for that. Fuck him. So, no, not we really. should not watch a movie as we edit. That's why no. it takes fucking no, six hours. No, I don't. Hours. I don't actually. I can't listen to anything with words while I'm editing. I can't listen to music at all. I can't listen, I can't to, listen to anything with words ever. Well, yes. No, That's I can't listen. Why I don't listen to you? No, That's actually, I don't listen you know to you guys what? talk. You know, no, no, no. Like, like the plan is after the show is done, I'm gonna go visit Jess in Australia for two weeks, and uh, he's gonna come back and just say all kinds of nonsense. Be like, oh, sorry, that's something I picked up from. Australia. No, I've already started picking up certain things. Like <laughs> no, they say, I know, I, was, I wasn't joking. You're gonna do no, that. No, I know, I always do it all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like Andrew will be like wearing a fucking Danzig shirt and like you know walking around like lifting weights and stuff, just like typical Andrew stuff, listening yeah. to the Cure or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fucking perfectly and, accurate too but it'll be like I might for the boys <laughs> it'll be like I know you get me bumba shoot and go to the dunny oh that's not Australian at all is it <laughs> <laughs> but Chris do you remember when like there was the, that whole product line of, of Looney Tune inspired clothing where they had like backwards hats and, and like when Criss Cross was really big they had the, the backwards just, clothes on I was just talking about that like he was like know. literally saying that when you were like, yeah, but do you remember this? Wait, I didn't hear that. On that note. Man, I wish we had more coffee. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's episode. What the fuck episode is this? I think we're 33. <laughs> um, 33. Episode. Oh, it's oh, it's a secret Illuminati Freemason episode. 33. <laughs> of the Tired of Winning podcast. Yeah. And I'm Chris. Coming from Austin, Texas, and Andrew and Jason, coming from the shining city by the sea, Los Angeles. <laughs> Actually, that's Corpus Christi, isn't it? It's shining, no, but it's... only because of the grease. Yeah, the, the shattered, the shattering of dreams sparkles <laughs> in the sunlight. It's shining from all the broken bits of shattered dreams. It's shining from all the puke and lube. Dude, have you guys seen The Crow too? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a terrible like movie, man. Yeah, it was it, okay, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great movie, but the production design was fantastic. And one of the things that they did in uh, because it was set in Los Angeles, right? Is they made all the streets kind of sparkle a little bit. Like there were shattered pieces of glass or broken pieces of glass in it. So they just walked around with a camera. <laughs> Dude, what is up with this uh what is up with this Kanye thing? I don't understand. Uh, he's a fucking well, I mean, he's unhinged, deranged lunatic. That's the problem. Yeah. But we've always known that. We have always known that. It's just like, I got, I actually, I had thought like, like all annoying celebrity parasites that he, his time had come, come and gone. Like his fifteen oh, no minutes. Oh no way! He's been, he's been huge. 
He's been getting more huge. Really? Yeah. I just kind of lost track of him after uh, George Bush hates black people. And then, oh, really? And then there was a slight resurgence when he married one of the Kardashians and had some babies. Oh, see, so you, this is the reason why you, so you, you're pegging interest in him to the wrong moments. Oh. He was really big when Life of Pablo came out. Well, do I know that? kind of like re sort of defined. No, sure. I knew he's an artist. I'm not talking about like relevancy in, in the field that he actually works in. Right. Well, that's I'm why. I'm saying general, broader pop culture reference. I mean, he's I a so he's not that he's a he's a good artist, um, but I just don't care about his music because I, I I hate self-aggrandizing music, where they just talk about how badass they are the whole time, which really kind right. of well, cuts out a lot of rap for me, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of records. Oh yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> I made a live journal survey for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the early two thousands. Right. That's or that... a, a MySpace survey. For, yeah. for those of you of our listeners who are a little bit younger. So, Jason. Um, yeah. So, it's a 10 albums survey, 10 albums MySpace survey, that we're going to go through together. And uh, it's, uh, I think, it, this would have held up pretty well. Like, if I came up with this in the uh, mid-2000s and posted it on my MySpace, it would have been viral and, you know, yeah. you know <clears throat> at least amongst my friends in a matter of days. But uh, you guys just want to dive right in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. So number one is going to be, this is an easy one, kind of get the juices flowing. Yeah. The first album you ever bought. You know, right. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. music that you discovered on your own and you bought with your own money. So that leaves out all the Christian rock tapes that my mom <laughs> bought for Jason and I when we were little kids, you know. Right. Those don't count. Like, because honestly, though, the answer is, honestly, even though that first Guardian record like, holds up. Right, right. <laughs> no, honestly, the answer of the, the the first album that I went and I selected and mom bought for me is something like Crux, this Christian punk band, you know? Right. I remember yeah. that. It's a pretty good record. But, but anyway, for, so... Yeah. Yeah, the first, first album, album you, I ever bought. Yeah. Sorry. First album you ever bought. Go for it, Jason. Um, first album I ever bought. I, I remember I went to... The record store was called... Disc Jockey. It was mm-hmm. in... I remember Disc Jockey. Sunrise Mall, right? Um, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Sunrise Mall. Disc Jockey and Sunrise Mall. And I went and bought Rancid's and Out Come the Wolves. Oh. My first... Yep. It was a CD, right? It was the <clears> first, <throat> first album I bought. But um, it holds up. I, it's like one of my favorites. It, it's a great it album. It sounds like uh, skateboarding and shoplifting and getting in trouble with my friends when I was uh, young enough to where there were no like long-term consequences. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, all right, for me, mine's pretty easy. Mine is uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. There was a record store right by my house, and I remember I, it was like, this was like in, it came out like in 95, so I was a freshman in high school. And I had a little bit of money because I started working at my mom's shop. And I remember walking to that store and buying a used copy mm. because it was a double disc CD. And it had like a crack in it. Like like the case was kind of beat up. But the CDs were, were pretty in good, were decent condition. And it was a, the, the two disc album. And um, the song, I mean, there's a lot of really amazing songs on there. But the song, 1979, like feels like my high school. Yeah. Anytime I think about my grow, like growing up, it that song like sort of encapsulates that. Mm. It's a good choice. Yeah. So I had a hard time with this one because I don't really remember what the first album I bought on my own was. Um, I I know that I I had tapes that my friends made me of mm-hmm. like the Misfits Collection Two and of Bad Religion, 
uh, Stranger Than Fiction and of, uh, and th this is all stuff that I got in like eighth grade, you know? Yeah. But I, th I think that whenever I got my own money and went out and bought my own CD by myself, it might have been, oh, and I think yeah. it might have been MXPX because that was a Christian album that I bought at like a, at a, a local Christian bookstore. And I knew that I could bring that home. My mom wouldn't get mad about it. Oh, right. you bought it at Agape. Yeah, Agape, that's where I got it, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. It, I think it was MXPX poking at your pups. That was the first album sense. I ever bought on my own. Not the first album I ever owned, because I have, like, several just dubbed tapes that I got sure. from friends. You know? But I think it was MXPX poking at you. Yeah. So so I'm just old enough to have had this experience. But you talk to somebody in, like, their early or even mid-20s, this is not really, like, a very common I know, thing because that's, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. People get into music anymore. Like, um, like if, you're, if you're like what people what, don't even download music to discover it anymore. They just stream no. it. I know, stream it. Completely different experience. Like Chris, how old were you roughly when you bought your first album? Um, I think. How old are you when you're in eighth grade? Like 14, or, 13, 14? I was. Yeah, I was fourteen. Fourteen years old, probably. Okay, so Jason, you're probably a bit younger. Um, I was in the seventh grade. Yeah, and so I was probably about twelve. So yeah, I was you, had a, you had lots of. I would always just give you my t my CDs and tapes and stuff though. Yeah. So you had lots of records before you actually bought your own. Well, so to really dig into the concept of an album, right? Like, you experience music in a different way when you just sort of stream kind of randomly selected tracks from various artists till you find the ones that kind of make sense to you in your experience like yeah it's like oh yeah i like this song i like this song when you talk to people about new music they always say oh i really like that song but like an album at least in previous periods of music you you they're written to be listened to from beginning to end in, in an in yeah. an order and yeah. you actually really have to think through the track listing and how the songs flow from one to the next like i usually when and I, some albums don't even sound good they actually right. sound bad yeah well that's so, why uh, we should probably go to the next one Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're, number we're two. We're going to through list. Number two. Okay, so this is first favorite album. Like, not not your number one favorite album. This is the, the first album that you ever listened to and were like, this is my favorite album, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you would have had to have been listening to music for long enough to, to have, like, a, an extensive catalog to choose from and have landed on one that was your first favorite album. Huh. Okay. I can start this if you want me to, because yeah, I, yeah. I already know mine. Mine was The Misfits Collection 2, which mm. came out in the early 90s. And by the time I got to it, uh, my friend Brian had taped it from his friend Andrew's older brother, who had this the CD, and they, they taped it onto a tape. And Brian gave it to me, and I, you know, dubbed it. And I listened to that album, I and I have to, uh, to, the, to this day listened to that album more than any other. And I have mm. to say, it's still my favorite album. It's my first That's favorite album, cool. and it's still my favorite album because it just is instantly makes me feel badass when I hear it. Like when I hear right. Attitude, you yeah. know, by the Misfits, I just want to fucking run around and like, you know, dance like Glenn Danzig on stage and like, you know, <laughs> go skateboarding and vandalize things and shoplift, you know? I mean, no. it's just like this album just makes me feel awesome. I remember listening to it for the first time ever on a Boy Scout camping trip, sharing the headphones with my friend, and that changed my life. That was a that pointed me down this dark path. I was gonna say, <laughs> that was the point of rupture from yeah. Boy Scout to punk rock degenerate. Right. Yep. So 
with the qualification of like being interested in music and developing a set of tastes and really paying attention to a record from beginning to end and, and, and learning something about a band. My first favorite album was uh, Nevermind the Bullocks, Here's the mm. Sex Pistols. And it's it's something, it's another one of these, like the, like the way you described it, had this like profound impact, not just on like how I listen to music, but like kind of who I am. Right. Because even though I wasn't aware of it at the time, as far back as, you know, junior high when I was listening to the Sex Pistols. You always want to be a gangster? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, this is where I got introduced to a lot of concepts that really only in my early 30s did I start to kind of like really develop. Right. But like about, you know, this concept of the spectacle and the whole situationist critique of late capitalism. And it was given to me in this very like dumbed down and, and sort of removed from, in, in a way that was just sort of removed from the concept of struggle. But nevertheless, it, it's like a core element of how I think about the world. Right. And it was given yeah. to me by fucking Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. <clears throat> I think my first real, true, informed favorite album is AFI's Black Stars in the Sunset. Ooh, that's like, because if you think about that album and you think about me now, that album had a profound effect on my outlook on life and my taste in music that has lasted, you know, 20 years since then. That album sort of coalesced all the different things that had been in the perimeter of my life into one spot and sort of fueled my love for post-punk and things of dark nature and introduced me to a bunch of bands. Just just yeah. some shirts that I saw Davey Havoc wearing on stage or in photos. Oh, what's Bauhaus? And I'd go back and listen to that. What's Joy Division? Go back to this or VNV Nation. Things of that stuff that I all love now. Yeah, right on. All right. Number three. Uh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Best album for making love. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have a roundabout way of answering the question, because go for it. And so, just bear with me while I walk you through it, this. It, it's also pill. Yeah. No, it's not. Um. So, I have very distinct memories of uh the first time because mm -hmm. that's not on our list. Right? No, I don't that's, think it made it. The first time no, I ever not. I ever got. I don't have an sex. answer for that one, so I, I took it off the list. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I was uh, I was in the eighth grade, mm -hmm. and. Uh, we had a, a, a CD changer that was playing random songs, and we put on the music so that nobody would hear, right? Right, right. Because we didn't know what we were doing. Because like, right, no one knows that when the music comes up real right. loud. So I can't tell you for certain which one was the first, but I, I know that the three albums in the rotation were uh, a Sex Pistols live bootleg from 1978. That was close to the Hill comment. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the Rob Zombie, like that that one Rob Zombie album with Dragula. Dragula. Whatever, because that was uh, my, the girl at the time was her favorite album. Hillbilly Deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> and then Danzig 2. Dude, that's and, actually a pretty fucking good rotation. Well, and this no, is, that's a good one. But by the way, you went through three albums for your first time? Not in a row. They were oh. playing random songs. <laughs> but anyways. I was like, damn, Jason. <laughs> like, that's impressive. The reason why this I went through half of one song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my... Mom making love music would be the Mulan soundtrack. Yeah, Mulan Rouge soundtrack. <laughs> no, it's Jurassic Park soundtrack. <laughs> Jurassic World soundtrack. Um, no, it's it's She Wants Revenge self-titled. I think. Yeah, like if you if you're looking for like something that's dark and um, kind of erotic sounding and intense at the same time, especially songs like. Red Flags and Long Nights or Out of Control, like 
that's that's sort of my go-to. And I also have the red bulbs that come on when it's business time. Okay, so like, uh, I've never really been one to put on a certain album or whatever. Usually it's kind of just like, put on something so that the neighbors don't hear or that, you know. Fuck, I love it. Or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but there is a specific album in my relationship that always seems to get put on, but not by me. Mm, I think I know what you're it's, it's Prayer for Cleansing, The Rain and Endless Fall. Hell yeah. That's which great. That's fucking great. which is, is a, an incredible album. It's like one of my favorites ever. But it's so it's funny that that is the Make and Love album. Okay. Um, um, okay, cool. That one is done. On to the next. Uh, best Throws of Depression album. And I feel mm. like you guys, you two, can probably <laughs> talk about this for fucking ever. But for me, yeah. I've only got two or three periods in my life when I felt really depressed. And I've got an album that works for those. So, uh, go you ahead. Go first, Jason. Oh, oh you want? Uh, uh, sure, I'll go first. It's gotta be. Let's say, uh, just in terms of like classic, sort of something you can always return to. It's gotta be uh, knapsacks. This conversation is ending, starting right now. Mm. Uh, just because it's kind of always been one for me. It's a good record. Oh wow, that too. Whenever you're sad. That album will make you feel way worse. Yeah, oh yeah. That album will make you sad when you're having a good day. Right. Um, so, so your approach to depression is just to like, all right, I'm going to own this. I'm yeah. going to just wallow and get a good, nice, deep self-loathing on for a while. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, okay, um, that's not, that's some not of my more creative periods have been uh, whenever I just sort of thought everything was the worst. So I'm similar to you in that whenever I am depressed, I just sort of spiral deeper into that depression until it just burns itself out. Um, from like, like, I know that we're talking about albums. As far as a single song, that if I start posting photos that I'm listening to, you should probably give me a call, which is The Smiths Asleep. <laughs> the Smiths Asleep. Okay, good to know. Beyond that, where there's more of an infusion of anger and, and deep, deep self-loathing, it's probably uh, Burials by AFI, especially in the last two years. That's a great one. Yeah. Between the ending of several relationships that I've had, um, from a marriage to relationships I started to form after that, friendships, um, that album sort of more evokes the emotion that I felt than any other album that I can think of off the top of my head. That's a, that's a really good answer. Okay. Uh, so... Uh... The last time I could think of being super depressed was whenever I was going through my divorce. Mm. And uh, the album that I just came back to all the time in, in my darkest, darkest periods was Watain's Lawless Darkness, <laughs> which is just, it's a like black metal album that has a lot of elements of uh, melodic death metal in it. And it's really sort of sweeping and beautiful and epic. And I really like it a lot still. But that was that was my deepest darkest depression album. Uh, let's see, best feeling like I'm gonna have a good day album. Hmm. You know when you you step out the door, you're walking to your you're getting in your car, you're walking to the train, whatever it is that you're doing, and you're just like take a deep breath and you're like you're actually feeling kind of good today. Which yeah. album do you put on? Huh. Um. Somebody want to go first? Yeah, I have this one. So mine's Outcome the Wolves by Rancid. 
for okay. some for some reason because if you listen, I mean, a lot of the the, song, the albums I picked to date probably have a certain theme to them. This might seem like a bit of an outlier, which it is because it's a bit of an outlier that I'm having a great day. <laughs> but um, I don't outcome the wolves and and really social distortion as well. But I think outcome the wolves even more so reminds me of when when the three of us were young and okay. like walking to the taco shop and like grabbing coffees and hanging out. And I don't know what it is specifically about that album that reminds me of that, but it does. It's one of those albums that reminds me of my youth in a positive light. Mm. Good. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Good one. What about you, Chris? Uh, this one is too hard to narrow down for me because it really, I, I've got several of these feeling like I'm having a pretty badass day kind of albums. Uh, the one that pops into my head first, though, is Danzig One. Danzig Ooh. One to me is just like, that, that just gets me all amped up. I really like it. You know? um, the first note of that, Twist of Pain yeah. sounds to me like getting in the car to go to a place where you're having fun. That's a good fucking, yeah, that's, exactly. a good, that's a good pick. So Danzig One, but also um, Frank Sinatra, uh, Ooh. Come Fly With Me. I don't know why. I mean, I, anytime I hear Sinatra, it puts me in a good mood. So if I'm already in a good mood, I feel like, oh, I, I should listen to some Frank Sinatra. But also, there's just times that just Sinatra's not appropriate, right? So that's interesting. Go for it, Andrew. You, your, um, I already did. We're moving yeah. on to the next one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that, like, Andrew and I have to, like, sort of self-limit our discussions about like, sad depression. <laughs> how many how many sad albums can we go through Dude. and chris is like i had too many good times jams man <laughs> in terms of all time best uh you know having a good day albums it's the clash's london calling oh despite yeah. the fact that the first yeah. song is actually a really dark song right you know? but because because that song's like really can't fail and which is like which, which, death which are, or glory which is the album with hits though Hitsville is Sandinista. Okay, yeah. so if Asleep is my You Better Call Me Because I, I Might Have a Blade to Myself song, Hitsville USA is like, okay, someone put a bag over Andrew. He's way too fucking happy and hyper. What, which one is the one that we have to look out for when you're going to go on a Blade marathon and watch all the Blade movies? Uh, it's probably some like Chemical Brothers or Dust Brothers or something like that. <laughs> what? That was, okay. that was yeah. a good yeah. section. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um... Favorite shitty nostalgia album that you still love? So like most of Andrew's record collection. Well, I was going to say, okay. So, <laughs> so the problem is I don't think any of these bands are shitty or any of these albums are shitty. So it's really hard. For, I've been like scrolling through my, my Spotify trying to like, what would I consider shitty that I still mm. listen to? But I like all these things a lot. Chris, why don't you start? Then? Yeah, I'll think about it. Uh, Goldfinger self-titled album. Oh, Lounge. that's a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that album just makes me feel rad because it reminds me of being in like tenth grade and uh, you know just hanging out with my friends doing stupid shit. Uh, yeah, that's a great choice, and I'm having trouble topping that now. Yeah. Because now that I think about it, like I only listen to that album when I'm in the mood for some shitty nostalgia stuff. That like <laughs> if I heard it today, I wouldn't really probably give a shit because I'd be like, oh, this just sounds like stuff I listened to when I was thirteen. Um, I mean, you could throw other albums in that, like, in that mix, like Lesson Jake's Losing Streak. Well, or... that was going to be my, the... my sort of second choice, was Losing yeah. Streak by Lesson These Jake. are, like, not great music. Like, there are great ska albums out there, but 
most of them are not third wave, you know? Right. Right. Um, it might, <clears throat> maybe Destruction by Definition, the first Suicide Machines full length. Yeah, that's um, a good one. It's like, you know, the kind of where the, oh, no, you know what it is? Mm. Even as I was talking about the Suicide Machines, I'm reminded of the one collection of slapstick songs. Oh. Oh, that, yeah. But is that shitty music? Well, that's that's what I'm struggling with because I don't think any of these are shitty bands. Well, this so part of the problem albums. with this is that I like everything I've always liked. Yeah, um, yeah, I still like all the shitty music that I've ever that I've ever liked. I can just look back at it and objectively realize that it's low quality music. You know? Well, you know what? Slapstick is slapstick and suicide machines are Oops, still sorry. they're they're kind of probably too good for this category. It's Blink One Eighty Two, Andrew. Just say it's Blink One Eighty Two. It's that's, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be less than Jake's losing streak for me. Um, okay. So, so I was trying to, I was really struggling to try to think of what would be considered, what would at least other people consider shitty music that I still think of like really nostalgically. And I'm going to go with Liquid A2's Dude Ranch. Because okay. that also reminds me, like, equal with, with Smashing Pumpkins, that also reminds me of um, my late best friend Zach, who had the album, and we would get his, he was the first guy to get a car, so we'd all get in his little truck, and we just drive because there was nothing to do at night but we would get in his car after school and we would put the album on and we would just drive around and just listen to that album yeah. and so like I wouldn't say that those are well written songs really I mean they're just sort of run of the mill punk rock pop punk but yeah. Yeah. I could put that album on and listen to it front to back and uh, st still really really enjoy almost every track on that last but not least Ooh. is Best road trip album. Mm. Mm. I can go. Uh, mine is Led Zeppelin 2. Led Zeppelin 2. <laughs> okay. Apparently, it's st that, still that's Blink That's my favorite Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my favorite road trip album is probably Led Zeppelin 2. Because in general, when I think about road trips, I think about classic rock, like rock and roll albums. So, like, Black Sabbath, or even like Leonard Skinner, or um, Led Zeppelin, any of those bands feels like on the road music. But that Are one you just taking road trips when you were a kid. Yeah, probably so. My dad likes like my dad, my like movie Days to Confuse is basically could be my dad's high school, and so a lot of that music, yeah, a lot of that music was very influential for him growing up. Um, Aerosmith. Uh, any of those Kiss obviously music, it's just music you associate with yeah but, yeah but to me like Led Zeppelin is the best of that group as a single album it's probably the best classic rock album of all those bands hmm. and so it just it just had one hit after another hit after great song um, that if I put that on I, I could just drive for miles and would be super in a good mood about it so okay uh, Tiger Army 1 Tiger Army one. No, Jawbreakers, Dear You. Okay. Um, because I listen to it all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's a favorite album of mine. And uh, road trips are really good. Um, if you're like by yourself, really good like introspective moments, times to really reflect. And that's just like that album's made for you to do that. Makes sense. I think I think having said that, now I might put Tiger Army one in there as well. I, I had a hard time with this one because I can't think of. I don't like to listen to when I'm driving to listen to like a full album. I like to do like a playlist mm -hmm. and just cycle through it. So what I did was I just went back through one of the playlists that uh, Brittany and I listened to the most while on uh, road trips. And it is a playlist 
that includes because our, our road trips are always through Texas because you have to drive for like 18 hours <clears> to even get out of Texas. Right. It's a, a playlist that always includes uh, George Strait. Dude, that's because good. Because it's a country music playlist. Yeah. We have we don't talk so, enough about George Strait on this podcast. We so should talk about George Strait at least once a podcast. I mean, podcast. he he's a national treasure. Yes, the national the national treasure of the Republic of Texas. Yes. Yeah, Texas was its own country. If um, well, if it it was able to issue its own currency, um, I think George Strait would be on the one dollar bill. The, and I think uh-huh. that Selena would be on the, the five. It would be excuse me, sorry, it'd be the loan dollar bill. The loan dollar bill. <laughs> the loan dollar bill. <laughs> There's the natural end of that conversation. Yeah. Today's mailbag comes from the old dude, Howard J. Reynolds. How did music affect your life? Um, I think it's really interesting, like, going through this list, thinking about, for me, thinking about how each of the albums that we've named has had such a profound impact in shaping the kind of people that we are. And, and of course, that's true for everyone, but, but like, specifically, in my case, thinking about what a different trajectory my life could have took if not for the introduction of like one or two albums. Yeah. You know, like like where we grew up, let's be honest, is, is not the best town in the world in terms of like uh, <laughs> Chris's Cats in Heat. No, she's, she's spayed, but she's also just really needy. She just, grouchy. She just yells a lot. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. you know Corpus Christi has a really high gang population. Um, it's really easy to go down a, like a bad path and kind of go nowhere. And there's a lot of people who just never went. Third there. most dangerous city in Texas. Yeah, well, I'm shocked it's only three. Um, well, it's, well, Laredo. You forgot about Robstown. Oh right, Robstown. I, I, Robstown is the, the only the only city where Walmart closed up their uh, their store because they were suffering so much loss from yeah. theft that they couldn't. Well, so that's a good example. So my stepdad's from Robstown, so I spent a lot of time in Robstown growing up. Spent a lot of time in the west side of Corpus, which is like the bad side of Corpus. One of the bad sides of Corpus. Um, most of my childhood yes. was spent, like where I grew up, certain people in my family would consider the quote unquote white side of town, which you guys went to my house. It really wasn't like. Well, the white side of town in Corpus is only like 50% Latino. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah it was only 50% yeah. Latino, right? Um, there were only 50% bloods in my high school. Right. Versus like 85 but I spent a lot of my time, especially in the summers as my mom worked, like on the west side of town or like we go to visit my stepdad's family in Robstown. That's, that's a certain path that I could have gone down. And if probably not the introduction of a band like like uh, like Green Day's Dookie and Nirvana's, Nirvana's Nevermind that, that steered me in a different way, I might have just kept going down the course of listening to like hip hop and rap and stuff that would have probably led me to a much different lifestyle. Well, it would at least have colored your the way in which you you take in music or whatever absolutely right? we're taking the world in entirety yeah. um it's 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 hot so it's really difficult for me to imagine where what i would be like and where my life would have gone without um somebody coming along and telling me that not only was like it okay to be furious at how terrible the world is but that like you don't just have to be furious alone, right? But actually, you could be furious with lots of people. And then if you right. do, the world might be even better. Like, it might be, the life is actually terrible. 
and it could be, <laughs> it potentially won't be, right? Right. And so, like, um, when I was just kind of awakening to the world and, like, uh, I was reading Noam Chomsky's Terrorizing the Neighborhood and thinking about the, like, every single good thing, sort of, like, uh, modern convenience in my life, I would, like, directly relate to, like, suffering mm-hmm. in another part of the world. And uh, I had so much guilt about just, like, existing. And, uh, you know, it turns out that so did the Broadways. So did Propagandi. So 15. did Against All Authority. Uh, so did a whole bunch of bands that, like, really, like, introduced me to a way of thinking which, like, so take me out of my individual experience and, and think about my position in the world as a part of a global community and a responsibility to the world, too. Mm-hmm. Like, without that, I'd still be just as moody as I am now. But probably very lost, and probably a much sadder story. Yeah. You know, my answer wouldn't be a whole hell of a lot different than yours. Um, when I when I was in when I was young, like I would say before I got into punk rock, I was your typical just. You know, we were raised in a very conservative, uh, evangelical Christian church. It was super homophobic and. You know, I actually heard the preacher on on the pulpit talk against vegetarianism mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, any kind of deviation from the absolute norm was considered to be evil. Cap- but, capitalist norm, no less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, listening to punk rock took me off that path. I used to want to be in the military. I used to want to be, uh, you know... My my greatest goal in life was to like retire like a general from the military. And knowing what the United States military gets up to these days, I'm very, very glad that I never took part in that. Yeah. Not to say that I I judge anybody who took a different path and did take part in that, because a lot of people, you know, when they made that decision, they just felt as though they didn't have another choice. They're sort of you know the poverty draft is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And that's why that's why a lot of people go is just because they're trying to get college money and, you know. Not because they're racist and want to kill Arabs or whatever the hell else motivates, you know, people to get involved. This is kind of meandering. But, uh, like, I'm very glad that uh, I decided that that, that, I, that this music warped my brain <laughs> and, just, and made me uh, into something else. Somebody that actually decides that they're going to take in information before making a decision about what it is they're being fed. Like, I don't. I don't look at Fox News. I don't look at CNN and come away with my opinion based on what someone else told me. And that punk rock has definitely taught me how to do that. Yeah, taught me to question everything that I'm ever told, regardless of how the, the if of whether or not the version of punk rock that we got into in the '90s was authentic, was edgy, was you know hey, pushing boundaries. It was it was edgier than uh, Nickelback. Oh yeah, That's I mean it a was hell edgier of a than all set. the shit that was out on the radio. Right. Yeah, and it was the gateway drug. But anyway, it. It taught me to think. Yeah. You know? Well, and... Taught me to question information. Taught me to... That maybe the... Maybe just being skeptical of everything that I'm told is a good idea, you know? I listen to 